Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Finally, Friday is being brought to you by Major Spoilers, VIPs from around the world. If you like what we do and like to support what we do, you can head over to members.majorspoilers.com. For as little as $2 a month, you can support everything that we do at Major Spoilers. That's members.majorspoilers.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are here again for another Finally Friday. And I don't know, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I got a lot on my mind this week. And fortunately, to help me with my mind problems is one Ashley Victoria Robinson. Hello. Hello, Ashley. How are you this week? I'm good. I'm trying to do this on social media at the same time. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, if you follow Ashley on uh, Instagram, I think you're on Instagram, right? Are you on everything now? I am on everything except Snapchat because I don't, I'm too old to understand it. <laughs> That's what I say. I, you know, I, I, I've got the Snapchat. I, I, you can tell I'm old because I call it the Snapchat. And but the I've got Facebook. Snapchat and I follow one or two people, but I'm just like, how is this different than, how is this different than Instagram? Except well, that it's only there for away. 24 minutes. Right. I guess if you're doing something that maybe you shouldn't be doing, there's no proof of it. You're not going to get arrested for it. You're not going to get in trouble with your significant other for it. I guess that's <laughs> part of it, I guess. Um, so, yes, follow Ashley V. Robinson on um, Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, Periscope. That's um, true. Which I, is, do, I do the Periscope. Yeah, you do that quite a bit. I, I like watching uh, when you're doing your Periscope stuff because it's always fun. I did one yesterday, and it's only like the third one I've done. But uh, it's it's kind of fun to do live stuff you gotta, like you that. you got to train people to watch it. <laughs> well, I was surprised how many people jumped on instantly uh, and wanted to talk about different stuff. So The uh, thing about uh, Periscope is that the comments go away after a bit. So if you have something lengthy to say, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, no, ask again. Person whose username I don't remember. I'm right. really sorry. That, that is one thing that I wish because I was like trying to do that yesterday. It's like, how do you how do you get the comments to stay on screen longer? And I just I just couldn't. So, oh, well. I'm, I'm sure the young'uns are much better at that than I am so, at, at keeping track with that. So, what what is the what is the what is the big thing going on this week? I guess uh, let's why don't we start off by talking DC Legends of Tomorrow? Heck yeah! That wasn't the season finale. No, they have. I thought next week was the season finale, but they actually have 16 episodes, so they'll end at the same time as Flash, as Flash. and Arrow. Okay, which is nice branding synergy right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let me just okay. So talking about some synergy and how synergy went wrong was with Supergirl and the uh, Flash-Supergirl oh, crossover. Because if the network hadn't been in such a rush to get that Grant Gustin appearance, that Flash crossover appearance, up so soon, it would have made a lot more sense to release it around the same time as this week's episode of The Flash, where Barry pops out and then pops back in. I also uh, thought it was really weird on behalf of the CW people that they in no way addressed it. Like, Barry should have come back and been like, I met Supergirl and mm -hmm. she was so beautiful. Like, can you believe that we ate ice cream together? And like, no, no. And we got, we didn't even get like, oh man, like, I think I went to another earth. We can talk about it later. Like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just not addressed at all. I, I think, and Matthew and I talked about the this week on the Flashback podcast, which you can find over at members.majorspoilers.com. Which is in, a really good episode this week, so I recommend checking it out. Uh, you thought it was a good episode? <laughs> I did. I really okay, did. Because I was, I was really disappointed in it, and for a number of different reasons. Oh, but well. um, the the thing that the reason why we think they kind of brushed over it lightly was 
they acknowledge it to a point, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to push it too much further because it appears that there's an unknown fate with Supergirl, even though, you know, CBS has said they were renewing all of their freshman uh, uh, shows. But none of them have officially been renewed. Right. They haven't officially been renewed. So there's this weird thing about what about Supergirl? What happens in, you know, four seasons from now when someone's watching The Flash on uh, syndication Mm -hmm. and they don't and they can't watch that Supergirl episode because Supergirl didn't make it long enough to go into syndication. You know, and a lot of people are saying that they're really hoping that the CW would pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that CW had their chance and they passed on it. Right. And the head of CW said that he wasn't read, ready for a female-led uh, superhero show. Mm-hmm. And um, Supergirl has a $6 million budget. And a lot of that does go to the cast. Like, you know, Calista right. Flockhart is like making bank. Right, right. Whereas well, Flash has, yeah. has a $2 million budget and Arrow mm-hmm. has a $1 million budget. So I think that. If it did go over to the CW, I think you would notice a drop in, uh, I think the cast would change. I think you'd notice a drop in the special effects quality. You'd get more of that Smallville right. where he, she flies in the beginning and the end of every season and not yeah. in the middle. <laughs> yeah, 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 at the big important parts. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know because, you know, the, the VFX team that's been doing The Flash, um, I don't know if the, if the budget has dropped since it started uh, last season. Um, cause I thought it was a $3 million budget, but you know, they've gotten, I was talking to, or listening to Kevin Smith, not talking to Kevin Smith. Sometimes when you watch podcasts and, and listen to podcasts, sometimes it feels like, you know, those people and you it feel really, like they're talking to you. Really does. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith was talking about how the VFX have gotten so good on, uh, the, the flash, especially the running where they have all these different models of Grant Gustin just running in all these different directions to where it's just so easy to just drop this in. Yeah. where they need it into the show in the post-production that it's just like a snap. And I would imagine they would probably do something like that with some of the fighty stuff where maybe you wouldn't see Supergirl hovering as much. But it, her in the harness because that's really expensive. <laughs> yeah, but you maybe see her flying uh, away or maybe you have a few close-up shots of her face in the wind mm-hmm. with sky behind her and then everything else is going to be CG from a distance kind of stuff. Uh, and interestingly um, enough, it is the same special effects team on both Flash oh, and Supergirl and the same um, SFX specialist, Armin Kevorkian, uh, okay. who runs both. And I know that Supergirl gets a lot of flack for looking cheap. Um, mm-hmm. And I honestly think it's because it's in the daylight. Yeah, and the yeah, more yeah. daylight you yeah. throw on the special no, effects, like the that tougher is totally it is. It. Yeah, we, I think we talked about that somewhere before about because it's so much daytime. It's mm-hmm. so apparent when an effect is there because it's a little bit it's easier to hide things in the dark. In the shadows. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of hiding in the dark and in the shadows, this week's DC's Legends of Tomorrow has the entire team hiding out, hiding out and hiding their younger selves from being erased from the timeline. I freaking loved this episode. I thought it was so good. Yeah, this was I really got a kick out of that episode, especially with the the, the uh, Jax and his father moments I thought were really special. I got um, real emotional about that. But if you yeah. haven't watched, um, I'm just going to plug something now. Okay. If you haven't watched uh, the review that Jason and I did yeah. uh, uh, of Legends, uh, his his dad is a private and his rank on his collar is upside down. Uh-oh. And so it's Jason actually totally ripped it, huh? it. It's an American uniform with a Canadian rank on it. Really? Um, so, yeah. So for, for us, it was like super distracting, which is too bad because I thought they were really beautiful scenes and they made me like really emotional. And then is, I was like, oh, this rank is wrong. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. I wonder if that's because of the, well, do they shoot I, that in Vancouver as well? They 
They do. I think they just went to like, and there's a every major Canadian city has has an army base. Yeah, Yeah. I think they just went there, and then nobody decided to call like an American up and be like, so. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really good too, and it's interesting because normally when I watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow, I watch it during the daytime, during my lunchtime, Mm -hmm. um, so that we could talk about it on Friday. And today, my both of my kids are home uh, because they didn't have school today for some dumb reason. In service is what they like to call it. Well, lucky for them. Yeah, Uh, but I'm like, okay. I have to sit down and watch this. And they were eating lunch. And my oldest was kind of watching out of the corner. And I was like, well, you know, buddy, you can come sit on the couch and watch this with me. And he's like, oh, okay. And he sat down. And by the end that the episode was over, or it was the uh, first time that Jax was going to meet his father. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we have to eat lunch. So I put it on pause. And he's like, no, this is the really good part. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It is. (laughs) But we can come back after lunch. And we did. And he, and after the uh, episode was over, uh, he was he was like, is is this the only episode of this show? Because he hasn't watched any of the other episodes. I'm like, no, there's a whole bunch of them if you want to watch them. And so I think maybe he might uh, be interested in that. My youngest was in the kitchen uh, eating and kind of watching the TV out of the corner of his eye. And then it would get to these little sentimental moments. And he'd, he'd be I could hear him go, Dad, is this supposed to be a sad part? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like yes. And it's OK if you're sad. And he's like, OK. And then he's Aww. like, is this, a, is, and then I forget there was something. I, 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 um, so the big plot point, obviously, is they have to go back and save their younger selves. Mm-hmm. Uh, often several of them as their babies, including Jackson. That's how he met his father. Uh, but then uh, the other plot is Hawk Girl and the Adam. Um, he proposes to her at kind of an awkward time. In like a totally delirious state of being. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so afterwards, they're having a discussion about this. And again, I hear my youngest son in the back background going, is this supposed to be a happy part? And I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Depends on how you take it. So, yeah, I just I, I got a kick out of this episode for, you know, just a number of different reasons. But also, I think the one thing that kind of sets up a big potential thing that they can use in the future is this idea of the refuge mm-hmm. where all these orphan kids go that will eventually grow up and become time masters and how the mother of the house um, is willing to help rip out by harboring all of these, these kids until they can get their issues resolved. And it's just this idea of this place where no one can come to seems like that a really cool plot device to be used again and again in the future. It's kind of something that I wish I understand why it wasn't, but I wish it had been introduced earlier in the mm-hmm. season and could have yeah. been like a standing set safe haven. Yes. Because it's kind of boring to see them on the ship and that engine room looks really mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish they. I, yeah, maybe that's something that can change in the future is is uh, some updates onto that ship, because, you know, um, if you go back and watch Flash season one and I don't know if you have done if you make it a routine to go back and watch earlier seasons, but especially after that one where he went back to um, the Pied Piper episode from season mm-hmm. one in this season, I went back and rewatched that episode and man, la- the first season of flash is super, super, super dark. It's super oh, yeah. moody and it's super lit. And this season, the cinematography is totally different in how they light everything. It's much, much brighter. And I I'm think season one, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was wondering if they would do something like that with uh, legends of tomorrow. If we start to see some major set revisions go on in between the seasons. I was going to say, I think that Flash season one was so dark because they were just coming off of Arrow, which is a very dark show. And then they were like, oh, wait, we're the light and funny show. And then they changed it to reflect that. But if the rumors are true and Legend of Tomorrow is going to be an all new cast next season, Mm -hmm. 
Um, then we might even get, and I don't know, I don't know if they'll do this because I know that Legends is like way over budget. Right. Um, but we might get entirely new sets. Well, I am, my understanding is, and I don't know if they're doing all new cast next year, and I'm, and they pretty much set it up that uh, two of the characters, Rip Hunter and uh, Hawk Girl, uh, cannot be killed. Uh, yeah. In in this, so you know they well, would be in, in easily the, in the long term. Right. Right. It's like Hawk Girl could be killed because Hawkman was killed. Right. Right. But um, she's going to come back and still disrupt the timeline, yeah. et cetera. But um, my understanding is that we're going to get to see perhaps Booster Gold or Blue Beetle uh, in the next couple of episodes. Did you lose your mind when he said that his name was Michael? Yeah, yeah. I thought because that was awesome. I, I like, was like, oh, my God. It's just like <laughs> Booster Gold. And they, they cast that actor from uh, Suits. And right. he's like good looking and blonde. And I'm just like, oh, oh please. Please be Booster Gold. Please yeah, I didn't be know Booster who they Gold. had hired for that, but I was just like, oh, it's it's going to be one of those two because well, it's, it's, they've been saying it, it's going to be a beloved hero. Yeah, they haven't announced like who he's been cast as, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, he's blonde and like sort of generically good looking. So everyone yeah. is kind of, oh, Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, so yeah, I really got a kick out of this episode. Were there, was there things that you did not like about uh, Legends of Tomorrow besides the the uniform? Um, I'm not super into the Hawk Girl and Adam storyline, mm, and yeah. I think I, I think I could be if um, one of them were a better actress. Um, I might be able to get more into it, but right now I'm like super annoyed, and they keep repeating the same like I can't be with you, right, but I want right. to be like it's this for me. It's the same beat every story. Yeah. Um, and then I thought the scene where they went to steal Baby Captain Cold. Um, which I thought was a really funny scene. And he was like, I know I'm a gorgeous baby. <laughs> it was super weird that Sarah became yeah. really maternal because for me, I could see Kendra doing that, but I would expect her to be like, come on, we got, we, we're on a deadline. Let's go. Let's right, go. Right. 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 But they, the, you know, that was that stereotype of like ladies, women love babies. Oh, I think everybody does that around a cute baby. Even someone as, as evil as Leonard Snart is always a cute baby. I'd be that same way. I'd be like, Oh, little baby. I mean, I would be, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know if Sarah, if she would just be like, oh, this is the best yeah. thing ever. Yeah. She's an, she's an assassin. Yeah. Interesting. But he, he was a freaking, they got a very cute baby. They did. They did. <laughs> uh, so that's our wrap of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, as Ashley said, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com or the YouTube channel Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, and check out um, their Legends of Tomorrow review, episode 12, Last Refuge. And if you, since we weren't on last week, you missed our discussion, uh, we didn't get to have a discussion of um, the um, Magnificent Eight, which I thought was a really kind of cool thing with Jonah Hex thrown in. Uh, he but, was awesome. Yeah, he was that, really good. That actor killed it. And, and he was on, um, he was on, I think it was their Facebook mm, or, or mm -hmm. their Instagram or something. And he was giving out signed copies of Jonah Hex comics to uh, people. Cool. Because he's a giant nerd and he oh, loves that cool. character, which is that's always really nice. I, I think. think that I think that's really cool when you have characters that are really into the source material, because mm -hmm. I think that that makes them more vested in doing a good performance. Yeah. Um, you know, Kevin, again, I'll go back to Kevin Smith uh, lately on his um, Hollywood Babylon and his Fat Man on Batman podcast. He's been talking little bits and pieces about directing The Flash and how much fun he's had with it. And how excited everyone was when he was on set because of the enthusiasm for the source material that he had that really changed um, the way he described it. It really made everyone happier on set. And I really would love to see that with actors who get behind um, their characters like the Jonah Hexa actor and, mm -hmm. and so many other people. Because I think it just brings everything to a whole different level as opposed to, well, here's a paycheck and oh, the residuals I'm going to make on this later and blah, 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 blah. So. 
And I think um, I think it does translate to performances because in the original Fantastic Four movies, mm-hmm. well, not the 90, 1980s one, right, but, but the, the first nine, yeah. studio round, like Michael Chiklis was a huge fan of the thing mm-hmm. and he campaigned to get that part. And that's why he's the only good part of those movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah, you're, you're like, he really wanted to be there and make it work. And yeah. you have to have a lot of respect for that, even when it's maybe not the best version of the character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't certainly didn't look great, but yeah, he did a good job. I like yeah. that. Um, something, uh, so listeners, uh, please feel free to call in 785-727-1939. We want to hear how your week has been going. That's the major spoilers hotline. If you don't have a phone to pick up or you don't want to call the long distance, I know there's so many of you around the world. You can also call us on Skype. We'll see if it's working correctly this week to where we don't dump Ashley. <laughs> I don't know why it's working, but you can call me Steven underscore Schleicher, and we'll be happy to, uh, to talk with you and get your questions. My next question that I have, Ashley, is I came across and, you know, sometimes this Twitter advertising works, but I came across this uh, ad for this thing called the slow watch, which is basically a 24 hour watch. It's got a single hand on it Mm -hmm. and um, it basically starts at the bottom of the hour at zero and then it progresses throughout the day over 24 hours to hit uh, a total of 24 hours. No second hand, no minute hand, just an hour hand. And then in between each of the uh, the hours, you have four little marks for each 15 minutes. And it got me wondering, I- I'm not going to buy this watch. It's like 300 bucks. Um, but it got me wondering, do we really need anything beyond the quarter hour times? Has there ever hmm. been? I mean, I know for sometimes for legal reasons, you know, for birth, you know, for, for uh, people being born, oh, this person was born at 11.59 a.m. or this person died at this particular time or whatever. I know sometimes you need those exact numbers for things mm-hmm. to be weighed in. But for general purposes, if, um, you know, this show starts at 3.30, I'm going to call you at 3.15. Yeah. You know, do, do we need, have we gotten to the point where we need, you know, I'm going to call you at, at 3.27 and a half. Yeah, I I kind of think we don't. I think it's one of those things that's very ingrained in us because we like patterns and we like sequentials and we know it's one, two, three, four, right, right. five. That's so fascinating, though. I think we should also be on the 24-hour clock. Oh, like, so do I. All, all of Europe does it, all military yeah. times, because every once in a while there's that thing where someone's like, cool, I'm going to call you at 8, and you're like, but Is that AM or, or PM? PM. Like, yeah. I require con- – and then when you throw time zones into it, it's this mm-hmm. whole other thing. Um, that's a really interesting idea. And I think TV is one of the biggest proponents of the quarter hour because we're so trained to expect big things to happen on Mm -hmm. the hour and the half hour. And the news is the one I think that breaks down to the quarter hour. Yeah. yeah, Like when was the last time someone was like, let's meet for lunch at one 13. Yeah, exactly. Like never. Yeah. Everybody just assumes that I'll meet you there at one 30 and everybody shows up at one 30. And if you're five minutes late or five minutes early, well then there you go. It's fine. Yeah. It's not like you're going to, lose your job because you weren't there at exactly 9.01 or 9 o'clock. I mean, how many times have you walked in to your office a couple minutes earlier, a couple minutes late? I mean, and in Los Angeles, it's a total crapshoot because of the traffic. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> was, every day, in fact. <laughs> when, I lived in, uh, when I lived in Irvine, which is it's south of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, you know where it is. Maybe the listeners don't. Uh, but it's in Orange County. But for my drive to work, uh, it would take me about 30 minutes. But I just took surface streets because I knew it was safer driving the surface streets than trying to get up on the the five because I would get stuck in traffic for 30 minutes and then be, be 10 minutes late for work. So it's I just thing, took the surface streets. It's the thing where it like depends on where you're going because 
Like for me, where I live, um, if I take Surfix Streets to Burbank, which mm -hmm. is only about, you know, eight miles away, um, it could take me up to 45 minutes. Right. In in even in heavy commuter traffic, whereas the freeway could take me in theory half an hour, but it's probably gonna take me like an hour. So it's kind of making the decision of what you want to battle. Yeah. Um, and now when I go to work at Top Cow, I have to take the 405, which mm. is the scariest of all freeways in Los Angeles and yeah. always has something on fire on it. Yes, I know. That's the, that, <laughs> that weird, you know, crossover where you have to go from the 5 to the 405 to the 15. Yes. It's just always a pain in, whenever I had to do it. Um, in Irvine, the 5 and the, and the 15 intersect. Right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a 15 uh, intersect there at uh, in Irvine. And that's always an interesting interchange as well. But. Uh, I just I like taking surface streets, too, because you get to see so much of your surrounding area and providing that your surrounding area isn't a war zone. Yeah, uh, it's kind of <laughs> nice to see people and to see different things and, and that kind of stuff. So and now, you know, that the Californian joke about the way you talk about traffic is, in fact, really true. And SNL nailed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did they what did they say? There's like a bunch of characters called the Californians and they're like all blonde doofuses. And there's a joke where uh, Keenan is like, you take the five to the 405 to the 110 intersection and you hop on the back of a taco truck and then you're there in two hours. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's really what it's like. That's though. Really what it's like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone had told me when I moved out there, I was like, well, how long does it take to get there? It's like, oh, about 30 minutes. I was like, but we're driving up to Anaheim. Yeah, it's about 30 minutes. Uh, oh my God. Well, how long does it take for me to get from Irvine to Newport Beach? About 30 minutes. And they're so far apart, but literally takes 30 minutes to get anywhere. De depends on the flow. Uh, there's a BlizzCon is going to roll into Anaheim really soon here. And uh, yep. everyone is hitting me up and they're like, hey, why don't you, we're coming in. We're coming to Anaheim. Why don't you come and see us in Anaheim? And I'm like, Anaheim is like Bells almost two night. hours from yeah. where I am. So yeah. like Disneyland is far, guys. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does seem to take a while, depending on which way you're going, but. Anyway, enough about the traffic. Um, it's not that entertaining. <laughs> oh, it, I guess it can be. Uh, 785-727-1939 if you guys want to uh, share your thoughts. Jarmo says that instead of maybe going on the 15 minutes, uh, because of public transportation, maybe you need a 5 or 10 minute mark instead. No, in L.A. it's still 15 minutes because the public transportation. 15? The okay. public transportation sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember one time, and I wasn't driving in Los Angeles. I was actually driving home, so I must have been somewhere around Long Beach or somewhere around there, Tustin, uh, Tustin, yeah, where the bus driver just pulled over to the side of the road, got out, locked the doors, and walked away. Like it was yeah. the end of his shift, and he just walked away and left the bus there at the bus stop and didn't even take it back to um, the bus station. I was just like, that's weird. And they're like, no, it happens all the time. Or they'll stop and go into a restaurant and get food. And you're yeah. like, but we're all on the bus. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, so how many, uh, so many people in the uh, chat right now? Uh, looks like Brad Will is in there. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, oh, and they're talking, Jarmo is talking about the uh, uh, special effects assets. Yes, it's much easier when they already have assets for most situations. Um, notice that we haven't seen a return of uh, uh, Grodd. True, but we did get King Shark returning, and, and I that think was that pretty impressive. Yeah, because we we sent Grodd away to uh... Gorilla City. Yeah, I was like, whatever that Gorilla Kingdom is. Yeah, yeah, Earth Earth Two Gorilla City. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope we do get to see that more fleshed out because it was freaking cool, man. <laughs> I'm gonna bet if we're gonna see it, it's well, obviously, it's not gonna be this season. There's only four episodes left. And one of them is Return to Normal. Then, oh, maybe there's five episodes left. 
Return to Normal, then there's a blank episode, and then there's the final three. One, the uh, first of those three is Kevin Smith's uh, piece, and then the final two are uh, season finale, two-part event. Oh, so, the, the which will probably cross over with Arrow. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, let's see. We have a comment that says, I don't uh, see a point of losing the minute hand. I've never found myself annoyed by the fact that I know what minute it is. Um, That's not annoying, but... Yeah, uh, just the red. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Maybe you want to weigh in on this. Um, the uh, whitewashing that has popped up. Uh, oh yeah, the last That's couple icky. of days for in many different places. And what I was really surprised is so many people uh, were getting uh, talking about whitewashing in regards to the uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, mm-hmm. announcement that uh, Scarlett Johansson was going to be in that piece. But whenever they revealed the Rita Repulsa. There was not as much anger and, and resentment about uh, the first appearance of, of her that they showed. I think it was on Entertainment Weekly. Um, I just think that I think that maybe people I think Americans assume that Power Rangers, even though a lot of people know the origin of that, I think people mm-hmm. do assume that Power Rangers is a North American thing, even yeah. though it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that surprises me the most is um, I don't know the character's name because I've never read a Doctor Strange comic. Um, but oh, the yeah, character the, that uh, Tilda Swinton is playing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the ancient one that was, you right. know, something uh, ambiguous like that. And um, that, that would be the one that I thought people would be kind of the most okay with because it's, my understanding is that's not a human character. It's kind of this ethereal mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I, I mean, I don't know why people are particularly surprised by it. Um which is not to say that it's acceptable or anything, but right. everyone is acting very shocked. Um, I've read a lot of really good essays about why uh, Ghost in the Shell in particular is one that's affecting people. And the most interesting point that I saw was that when that show was created was when Japan was at the height of technology and they were mm-hmm. leading the world. It was before Apple broke really huge. Mm-hmm. And they and they said that when you take, and, and the implications of that world, that anime, when you take that away from Japanese culture, you're taking a big part of their history, right. the history of this people in this country away, right. which I would never have considered before. And it anime is this tough thing because they all look like white people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really sorry, but for the most part, they do draw them looking like Caucasians. That's kind of the style of the show. Right. But, you know, it's not like there aren't capable actresses like cast Ming-Na Wen for everyone because she's killing it. <laughs> well, yeah. And we had talked, you know, there are a couple of and, and I took the when we were on the uh, the Periscope, my position was, OK, let me tell you what the studio will tell you. And here's oh, what, yeah. and here's what the studio will is thinking. Now, it may not be any one particular person, but the 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 general thinking is this. Uh, number one, here's a property that nobody knows about. And by nobody, I mean the millions of people that will go to see the movie, not the tens of thousands of people or the hundreds of thousands of people who are actually fans of the property. So nobody knows what this property is about. They don't know what its source material is from. So we can cast anyone we want in it. Uh, Also, Scarlett Johansson is super famous and makes a ton of money. (laughs) We we could cast an Asian uh, actress. Uh, We could do that without a problem. Uh, But who might you suggest? Um, the the girl who played Dr. Light on The Flash, the girl who's playing um, uh, um, uh, Jubilee in the upcoming X-Men movie. Do you cast Haley Kiyoko, who is who's on uh, who was on uh, CSI? I mean, there's a number of actresses we could cast, but those three actresses again, this is studio speak, not Steven mm-hmm. speak. Those three actresses are not very well known. Yeah, they're going to be putting stars. a lot of money into this. We need to have somebody that's known. Well, what about Lucy Liu? Uh, and this gets into the other part that is concerning. It's something that's a big topic is this aging out of actresses yeah. 
from parts and roles, which they could very easily play. And I like Lucy Liu a lot. I think she'd be great. I, I've even I even mentioned that I think Olivia Munn uh, would be good to play in Ghost of the Shell if they were really looking for somebody that has some some cachet. Mm -hmm. But the problem is there's this aging out part. And even though Lucy Liu still looks fantastic. She looks so good. <laughs> uh, I think the Hollywood system would say she's too old to play this part. Yeah. And so also, those are, with those her are those elementary who's... schedule, that mm -hmm. would be a, that's a that's a whole other thing for studios to fight with. She's right. already booked on a show. Right. And so from the Hollywood standpoint, that's where they're like, we have to cast somebody that everybody knows. Hey, everybody knows Scarlett Johansson. Everybody knows her from the Avengers. Everybody knows her from Iron Man. She would be perfect for this. And she's already played a, a role almost exactly like this in Lucy. Now, I'm not saying mm -hmm. exactly, but. That people would people know her name, and so that's when we get into casting um, uh, people with with some marketability into these roles. Is it the right thing to do? No, but from a fiscal standpoint, from the studio, that's what their that's what their mindset is, and that's what their thinking is. I make that argument to a lot. I know a lot of people are really up in arms about the DC mm -hmm. TV and the DC movie universe being separate, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, I always point to. Grant Gustin is the reason why they are not in the in the movies. And right. everybody gets so up in arms about that because everyone loves The Flash and that's right. great. But at the time when they were casting the Justice League, he had less than a season of Flash under mm -hmm. his belt. So he'd never led a TV show. Right. He's never led a movie. Ezra Miller has led about 18 movies. He's won Independent Spirit Awards. He's won mm -hmm. um, TIFF Awards. He's won Cons Awards. So when you just look at the finance, like if you're just the bean counter behind all right. of this, He's the better choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that he's a better actor. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be together. But like if you're looking at it from a financial perspective, you can't sell a movie on Grant Gustin. Doesn't matter what the 15,000 people who watch The Flash every week think. Yeah. And which is, again, it's I know it's I mean, everyone's passionate about it, and they should be passionate. I wish Hollywood would be more uh, take actors and the characters that they're playing and and include more representation in that. It, it would really make for more interesting films instead of here's a film just targeted towards this group of people or here's a here's yeah. a comedy that's targeted to this group of people. You don't have to be that way. You can make movies that are targeted to everyone that has a very nice, diverse, rich cast. But unfortunately, until someone is willing to to do that, to step up and say, hey, we want to to show mm -hmm. this in our films, then it's not going to happen. And, and um, uh, this week on Zach on Film. Um, we talk about the invitation. I don't know if you've seen this movie yet or not. It's an I independent have not. film. It's kind of, it's a horror film. So if you don't like scary movies, it gets intense. Um, but it's all about going to parties in the Hollywood Hills. So maybe you definitely don't want to go see this. So, scary enough well, as hello, it is. Little buddy, a little buddy came and visited me. Hello, you want to hey, jump up here real quick and say hi to everybody? Hi. Say hi. <gasps> hi. What were you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Well, we're doing a live show. So, you want to say hi to everybody? Hi. Okay, now say bye to everybody. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Uh, but uh, the cast that they had in that was fairly diverse. You had uh, a, a couple of Asian. You had a uh, uh, black uh, actress who was the uh, girlfriend of the white male lead. Excuse you me. had uh, gay representation. You had... Uh, Hispanic representation. So it was a really diverse cast, which I found really fascinating from that point. And, and that's where you tend to find it is in mm -hmm. genre flicks like that, because those people are not beholden to studios that are saying, oh, but we'll only fund it if you put X, Y or Z right, in it. Right, right, right. And, and, and I will encourage people, uh, despite 
you know, I would say that you might take the tone that Stephen and I are taking as being maybe a little aggressive. Um, but but in, keep yelling about stuff like this on the Internet and mm -hmm. keep um, voting with your dollar because yeah. that's what's going to send the message and that's what's going to create change. Yeah. You know, uh, Jarmo Jarmo says money is not really a valid argument. Oops. Uh, Money's Man, not really valuable. It is argument when you run a million dollar choices. studio. Yeah. I don't own stock of these Hollywood studios. I don't care about their finances. I care about the end product, nothing else. And that's then great. Don't, then don't pay to go yeah, see it. Don't go see those movies. I know that, uh, I think, uh, Jess, I think you had said something about, well, I guess I'll just have to go see Ghost in the Shell to see how big of a mess it is. If you don't want to support it, don't support it. I mean, the, the Batman v Superman, there were a lot of people upset with how Batman was being portrayed, how Superman was being portrayed. And while a lot of people liked it, I like that movie. There's a I lot like of people who have no desire to see that movie because they don't like how that's being portrayed. Vote with your dollar. That's the best way to do it. And I know that's hard because it's like, oh, man, I do want to see this, this Civil War movie. But, man, yeah. I just don't like such and such actors or I don't like what this studio is doing, etc., then go to the second run theater because as soon as it goes to the theaters that are $10 or less, the money's not going directly to the studios anymore. You're only paying mm -hmm. off the theater and you still get the cinematic experience. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um, for like uh, a couple years ago, we really wanted to go see the Ninja Turtles movie, but I refused to support mm -hmm. Michael Bay. So yeah. we went and saw it like a month later in the second run theater. Mm -hmm. And well, that's, that's you know. Yeah, that's the way that you can stick it to the man, but still get what you want. <laughs> well, the the other problem, though, is, and I'm glad that you and I are okay and comfortable with sharing our opinions on on these these things, but unfortunately, yeah, on the internet, the minute that you get up and you voice an opinion, uh, and this is, I mean, hey, it's my social media. I can do with my social media whatever I want. If I want to get up and and blast somebody or say something bad about somebody or whatever. It's my right to do so. I mean, uh, it is. Death threats. I know, so. but, which is also the other thing is that other people then also have the right to come back and respond to you. And it would be wonderful. I just really wish we lived in a world where people could be civil to one another in their mm -hmm. responses. But unfortunately, and, and this was popped up, I guess it popped up today, and it really kind of bothered me. It was literally about 45 minutes before we went into recording this show. And I know you retweeted it. Yeah. Uh, but Clark Wolf, and I've got her tweet up here. She says, well, somebody threatened to kill me on Instagram today over Man of Steel. This shouldn't be a thing. Uh, and it's just from this guy called uh, Kevin Van Liam. He yeah, commented. Yeah, shame him. Yeah. Uh, you effing fake B-ass whore. Gosh, there's so many just things right off the top. No wonder you got fired from AMC. How can you not like Man of Steel? BVS is fair to acknowledge it has some problems, but Man of Steel, that movie is effing masterpiece. If I ever see you in Burbank, I will effing kill you, B. Holy crap, man. And he's got a little uh, <sighs> gun emoji. Okay. So. I just, I. I know Clark, first of all, and she's a really nice girl. She looks, she um, seems like a very nice girl. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing is we live in this age now and I honestly think. And this is going to make me sound like an old person. I think it is people who have had the Internet their entire lives yeah. who have lived in this culture of I can comment anonymously and nothing will happen to me. Mm -hmm. Saying that there's no tone on the Internet. And mm -hmm. when you receive a comment like that, because I got a lot of death threats over not liking Deadpool. I, know, I, I saw that, too. Um, that was stupid. Your brain, especially as a female, makes that as threatening as possible. And then people will come back and be like, it was only a joke, man. A, there's no tone on the internet. B, saying I'm going to kill you is not a joke. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand because when I see when I see people making comments 
where they're like, if someone said, I really love Deadpool, I wouldn't go up there and be like, you effing this. Like, I just won't comment on it. And mm -hmm. I don't understand why people feel the need to be so negative about it. Like, you can respectfully disagree. You can correct people when they get their information wrong and do mm -hmm. it in a way that is nice. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, you have those friends who you joke with and you can be like aggressive towards in joking right, right, right. because you know them and that's a relationship. That's not my relationship with people I've never met on Twitter or on Instagram. Right, right, right. Well, but I don't know. You know, I even I will joke with Matthew a lot and sometimes he gets offended by things I, I say to him, even though it's it's clearly a joke, but he's mm -hmm. not in the mood to deal with it. But I will never call him you effing bastard or you dumb s or anything like that. Likewise, I would never say to you, even in a joking manner, even right now, face to face. Oh, Ashley, you're such a dumb bee. I would yeah. never say that to you, even in a joking way. Well, you would also never tell us to kill ourselves, which is no, I would not. I, a I would plus. Not. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. But and here's the thing that I still I and I've struggled with this, and it and I got it. And I'll be honest with the listeners, and I'll be honest with you. It continues to wear me down, day after day after day, in that there is so much hate on the internet, mm -hmm. and. You know, I can say, I, I mean, I have never received anything even close to the level of crap that you or Clark or any other woman on the Internet. Well, I shouldn't say any other woman. I should that. say every woman on the Internet. I've never received this kind of hatred. In fact, I don't think I've ever I've, I've had people who have uh, said, oh, Stephen, I don't agree with you. Oh, Stephen, that's a stupid thought or whatever. And but it's not if I ever see you, Stephen Schleicher, I'm going to beat the crap out of you and I'm going to kill you and I'm going to leave you in an alley and hope that you get butt raped and all this. Never yeah. have received this kind of vitriol from people. But it still bothers me when and I don't know Clark. I don't know her. Mm -hmm. But when I read this, I'm like, holy cow, we are not a civilized society. We are not a society that can control our inner anger. We are not a society that we're just not a society that deserves all the cool things that we have because we don't know how to get along with one another. And it just tears me up every day to the point where, and I know that there have been women who have said, you know what? I'm, I can't take this crap anymore. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And they've been mm -hmm. forced off the internet for that. I have never been the target of any of this stuff, but I'm to the point where I want to just say, you know what? Nerd culture, you guys disappoint me so much to where I want nothing more to do with this. I'm going to shut down my website. I'm shutting mm -hmm. down my social media. I want nothing to do with this because it's so horrible. Well, you would expect because like nerds were in this golden age and we talk about it a lot and we all have a story about being made fun of or being beat mm -hmm. up when we were younger. We're supposed to be in the cultural you know, zeitgeist, we're supposed to be the accepting ones because we were the downtrodden right. for so long. Right. And when we behave like this, we justify all those stereotypes and all the negative thought about mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, I'm really sorry. And like, this is my these are all my jobs have to do with entertainment right. and nerdery. But like in the scheme of the world, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if we disagree about yeah. Captain America's Civil right. War. Right. It really like we've all got bills and taxes and insurance. Like, mm -hmm. I just can't believe that like people would threaten you over whether or not you think like Batman v Superman is, and, and Man of Steel are, are a piece of art. Like you could just say, like, I will respectfully disagree and she'll get your point and not feel scared to go home at night. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it. I don't know. Um, 
a couple of comments. I completely uh, agree that it's totally unnecessary. I saw Jason's video about comments on Civil War trailer video yeah. and completely agree with his thoughts as well. And I and I agree with that. And I and I did watch that video as well. Uh, and it was it was to the point. Um, but unfortunately, I, I think that when you come at people with aggression, you're only going to get aggression in return. And then that doesn't I mean, I didn't I, I think Jason turned off the comments on that video, right? Yeah, we we had to turn the comments off on that because they were like they were threatening his mother. Yeah. Um, they were making really rude comments about my appearance and my sexuality. And by the way, I don't care what anyone thinks my sexuality is like. If you think I'm a nice lesbian? Please tell Orange is the New Black that I'd love to be on that show. <laughs> um, and, and so like when you're you can come after us all you want and that's upsetting. But like coming after our families is a whole other yeah. thing. Thing, you know, and I know that you understand that as a parent, mm -hmm. probably even stronger than what we felt. But right. it's just there's no good way to deal with it either. Like, I'm a big fan of publicizing and because I, I have enough followers and I'm sure like and you have enough followers that like when you do that, you'll have people rally around you. And right, then that's right. You know, you usually feel like slightly better about yourself. Right. Um, but there's no way that you can make that person regret what they said because then they come back at you and they're like, oh, man, like, don't like don't get your panties in a knot or don't be jealous. And it's yeah. like, I created something. I created this video or I created this show or this right. article. And like right. now and you and usually there are people who don't create, which is the worst part. Well, let's talk. Let's talk <laughs> about that, because that's a good point right there. Let's go to the phone lines really quick. Hi, who's this? Good afternoon. It's Nato. How hey, Nate. Doing? How are you? Hey, man. Good. Don't don't yell. Oh, sorry. Don't yell at me. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's all good. So what's, how's, a, what's everything on, what's going on out there? It's it's so hot in California. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, besides your the crazy comment stuff on the internet and stuff, but I just wanted to let you know, I watched um, uh, Thunderbirds or Go. Uh, I guess it was over oh, in yeah. England or on ITV, mm -hmm. and now Amazon Prime has it for mm -hmm. free if you have Amazon Prime. So I watched the first, I guess, two episodes of it. Um, it it's good. Um, it's definitely geared towards the younger audience because it has the same loop tropes and stuff kind of like um, – I guess like Voltron and Thundercats right, right, and all right. those other things where you, you know, the same thing happens kind of over and over again, but it's, it's kind of neat. Um, I like the animation and it, it, it's almost like a mix between animation mm -hmm. and practical effects, kind of like a merging between the two. So everything, the, the ships and everything look pretty cool. So, right. Um, I knew that was coming. I didn't know that it was out yet. Today so, was the it premiere today. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, nice. I will definitely be checking that out. I think the kids were, had seen a trailer for it, and they kind of thought that that was something they might want to check out. Yeah, it's it's really good. I, yeah, it's it's definitely geared for a younger audience, but okay. um, I I still enjoyed it. But then again, I'm 12, so it <laughs> <laughs> was surprisingly a deep voice for 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else on your mind? So, um, the only I just want to make a comment with the the whole. Um, and maybe I was just the way I was grown, you know, mm -hmm. I grew up or the, or what I did as a kid or whatever. Um, yeah, I never, I don't understand that this culture nowadays where it's like, is it that they have to be right all the time that everyone was told that they're, 
this special individual snowflake and you're the best person and yes, you're right all the time and you're yeah. the winner. So your comment or whatever you believe is that's good or there's no boundaries anymore and there's no mm-hmm. culture of really, you, you really should respect people and not tell them, you know, stuff like that. Right. You know, even though you think they're, they're wrong, they may not be wrong, but you know, again, in a different point of view, they could be completely wrong. So, well, I mean, I, and, I they, and they could be, I mean, they, they could totally be wrong. I mean, they may think that the earth is flat and they could be totally wrong and they probably deserve to be told that they're really wrong on this <laughs> scientific well, proof. But if they're like, I believe that there is this spiritual being and I follow this faith and my faith tells me this, then really it's not your opinion to go, well, my faith tells me this and therefore you're wrong because that's where we get into this kind of thing. Or that just because someone says they like a movie or don't like a movie that you have to go out and kill this person. I do kind of agree with you to a point that it is. um, And I don't want to say that it's this protective society where we've told everybody that they're a special snowflake and that their point matters. Um, I would, I would argue and I'm I'm at I'm at fault of this too. I'm not perfect, okay? But I would say that a lot of it has to do with the family situation, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know how and and again that there could be so many things that are systemic about this. But are the kids just glued to their iPads all day or to their computers all day? Are people interacting with their family? Is there a complete family unit at home? Uh, and are those kinds of things causing disruptions that are causing other problems down the line? Uh, that could be one of the reasons. I'm not saying it is, but it's yeah. one that could definitely be a part of the problem where you don't have someone that the kid can look to or be told that this is not right or it is right and, and you have told how to act. And yeah, you have friends and people that parents, they don't. I'm not saying that parents don't care, but, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes now I, I, I do admit I am very involved with my kids, right? You mm-hmm. know, every, every day or every other day now we go to, you know, Taekwondo, we, we mm-hmm. you know, do stuff together. But, you know, we're also home with them. We're also making sure we know what they're doing. We're also making sure they're, you know, when they do say something, you know, inappropriate that, one, you know, you shouldn't say that. And two, you need to make sure that you're saying it properly because right. I don't want to be embarrassed when you use it wrong. Right. Yeah, I right. think a lot of it is um is 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 kids and I think it is more the general culture maybe than than specific parenting issues, mm-hmm. but I think it is kids who um, you know, because everybody's very sensitive about children now and when we should be up to a certain point, and of course I'm speaking as a non parent, um but everybody is is told now that they can voice their opinion with no dissent. And I mm-hmm. think when you've never had somebody tell you like, hey, you shouldn't say that. That's rude. Or uh, you, maybe you want to my my parents were very fond of maybe you want to rephrase what you just said to me. Yeah. And yeah. then we got a do over. So maybe you didn't get punished. <laughs> like, I think it's it's things like that where you're if you're always told that your opinion is maybe not even right, but you're, nobody ever calls you on it. Mm-hmm. Like you never got that mm-hmm. comeuppance as a child mm-hmm. that maybe that is part of it. And being anonymous on the internet allows that to happen because I'm not going to track yeah. down that person in their basement, you know, or what are on their phone on the bus and like call them out on their comments. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't and know. I, I boil it down to a lack of respect mm-hmm. just as a, as I don't want to say overreaching, but I mean, I mean, I the school system here in Florida can be kind of interesting and stuff too. So right. there, there is a lack of respect for parents sometimes, mm-hmm. a lack of respect for teachers and all these other people that they're doing the whole job. I mean, now listen, when I went to school, 
I had nuns. Yeah. They, they hit me. Yeah. <laughs> they hit me. If I did something wrong, they had a ruler. And if you did something really wrong, it was one of those rulers that had metal across it. And mm-hmm. they see your knuckles got hit. Yeah. You respect them because you didn't want to get hit. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that's the solution, but <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, now. But, but I, you I, learned, you it, learned that there were things that were appropriate and things that were not appropriate mm-hmm. and what was and acceptable and not acceptable. for your actions. And yeah. the other thing that was, you also had a peer group that if you were doing something that was not appropriate, you got tattled on. Oh, look yeah. at so-and-so is doing this, doing this teacher. And the teacher would say, you know, that's not appropriate. So you had a peer group that was also responding to you. And today's peer groups might actually be encouraging the activity as opposed to discouraging the activity. My, my youngest gets in trouble all the time at preschool because um, his peer group thinks that if they do something that is funny, that it's okay to keep doing it until everybody gets in trouble as opposed to, you know, you're not supposed to do those kinds of things. Oh, and, that was my little brother in a nutshell. Yeah, and, and my my <laughs> oldest son, my oldest son last year had got sent to the principal's office a couple of times, uh, and then this year, boom! I mean, totally different kid going into school. And I asked him about it one day. I was like, "Why? Why are we seeing such a sudden behavior change in you to where you're suddenly the the nicest kid in the class?" And he's like, "Well, look, I just decided that I didn't want to be getting in trouble all the time." And I knew that the only way to do that was by changing me. And so well, I'm just it. doing that. And it's like, <laughs> this is what you should be doing. This is what everybody should be doing. You should know what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. And he, at eight years old, knows these kinds of things. And I'm hoping that he will instill that into his younger brother, although I did just hear them yelling upstairs. So, eh, brothers. Um, well, that's, a, that's siblings, man. I, yeah. I have two, two uh, a boy and a girl. Yeah. And yeah, they're five years apart and it, it never stops. Yeah. And unfortunately for, for your fit. kids, they both know karate <laughs> and martial arts. So, well, so but trouble. I do as well. So, <laughs> uh, Nate, thank and, you. And the, and the fun, Go yeah. ahead. One more. No, I was going to say that, that it's it's great conversation, guys. It's always great to talk to you guys. All right. Thanks, Nate, for calling in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. There was another one that I, I we were talking about these reasons. And I was looking for it while, while Nate and you you were talking, I can't find his tweet. I think he may have taken it down. Uh, but Brian Brushwood on Twitter earlier this week, he will occasionally post these things where he has responded to comments on YouTube or Mm -hmm. emails that he has received. And he usually calls them customer service posts in the post (laughs) in his posts. He just totally eviscerates the person in the kindest way possible. But mm-hmm. the one that I cannot find right now, which is fantastic, is someone basically told him, hey, man, what you're doing right now is crap. You should go back to doing it this way. You should be doing this. This is awful. Nobody cares about these kinds of things. Blah, 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 blah. And Brian, I, this is probably the angriest I've seen him get uh, at uh, people, haters on the Internet, where he basically said, you know what the problem is, is you're jealous. You're jealous that I am successful. And if you remember, I talked, I think you were on the show or maybe you've heard my comment about Batman v Superman is a comment on Internet culture. Yes. Batman is the angry man in his basement and living in his parents' basement who's angry and mad at the Superman, the person who has all the success in the world and wants to do everything in his power to tell that tear that person down. And Brian had linked to a, a either an article or a book about 
this person who had wrote about why people get angry over the lack of creativity, uh, because what this hate really is on the Internet is people's jealousy that they are. That they can't do what someone like you or Brian Brushwood are doing, and so they lash out with hate. I fully believe that because and it's OK to be jealous, oh, first yeah, of yeah, all, yeah. because the guy who does the lore podcast, Aaron Mankey, just mm -hmm. optioned his podcast yes. for a TV show. I saw that and and I was like, so jealous. I was. I was like, gosh, I, when did I see that? Was it today or yesterday? I, I think it was yesterday. yesterday. And I was um, like, holy crap, that is such a good podcast. Good for him. But at the same time, curses. Yeah. But at but, the same but, time, that means Geek History Lesson could be the next, oh, the God, next podcast yeah, option, right? Um, but one of the things that like I I've started to try doing lately and it's hard to do, but it makes you mm -hmm. feel so much better is be happy for people and mm -hmm. their successes yeah. and then learn from it what you can. Mm -hmm. But I do think that jealousy thing is really true because um, we'll get Jason and I, when we pair up, we'll do we'll get a lot of comments of like, oh, of course you love this DC thing because he works right. for DC. Right. Or of course you're crapping on this Marvel thing because of that reason. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, Look, I get it that you disagree with with me or him, and that's totally fine. Um, but if I could have his DC job, I would take it because I'm totally jealous of it. And yeah, so yeah. would you. And yeah. it's so weird that that is how people think that that's a healthy way to express their jealousy. Mm -hmm. Like you could just say, I'm so jealous because I say that to people all the time. Oh, yeah. I I, I, I think that. And, and unfortunately for for Clark, this isn't this isn't the solution for her. It's it's not. but but there is the, no solution to that. But I think that sometimes you can kill people with love mm -hmm. a great deal. And I, I've seen this actually happen where someone had come in and said, oh, Stephen, Critical Hit is the worst show ever and Orem is the worst and you're the worst and all this. And this was on Twitter. And so you could go really? back and find <laughs> They said that in Twitter. And I listened to one episode and I can't stand it. And and so what I did over the course of like an hour, hour and a half on Twitter, I just kept asking questions about, well, why do you feel this way? Why is this? Mm -hmm. You know, da, 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 da. And I just kept asking questions. And by the end... The person was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to more episodes. And I even said, go and listen to 10 episodes. Just do me a favor and listen to 10 episodes. Yeah. At the end of 10 episodes, if you still feel the same way, please come back and tell me and I will totally accept your your reasonings for everything. But go go just listen to 10 episodes. And if you change your mind, then please also let me know. And mm -hmm. this person was like, OK, I'm sorry that this took so long. I guess I'm looking at this a different way. I understand now and, and totally changed. And this was about a two years ago so you can find it in the archives but just by just by not coming back at this person with oh yeah well f you buddy you know yeah. not coming back that way really changed that dynamic of that interaction and changed that person's perspective now i've never heard from that person again that i know of so as far <laughs> as i know they just said well there's no getting through to this guy he's never going to listen to me because i know everything <laughs> well yeah okay there you go that's a plus too but you know there was a comment that popped up in the uh, in the comment section earlier about can't clark do something about this what? And I don't know what can she do because you can call the police, but we have seen many uh, people on Twitter say that they've called the police and the police are like, well, you're probably just asking for it or this isn't our priority or whatever. I'm also going to call out Twitter on this. Um, I have reported several people for abuse because I've mm -hmm. got a lot of comments um, about deserving to be raped. Right. And Twitter uh, never takes the comment to tweet mm -hmm. down and never blocks the user. So... Yeah, and they have this whole thing, and, and I was looking at this again earlier. Uh, they have an online abuse uh, frequently asked questions. What do you do when you're being 
you know, harassed. Yeah. What do you do with this? Well, just unfollow the user. Well, just block the user. Well, just don't integrate and just don't talk with the person. Well, report oh, it. They'll, they'll make other accounts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what do I do? How do what happens if you need to take a th threat seriously? And the first thing is uh, document the violence and go to your police. I don't think the police are going to do anything, unfortunately. Especially if the person's not like some people like I don't have my real location on right. my. I mean, everybody like everyone knows that but they listen to me that I live in L.A., but. Right. Um, like if you don't have that documentation there, then there's no proof. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't have their location. And if I'm reporting somebody who lives in Czechoslovakia, like, yeah, nothing's what are the there. LAPD going to do though, about it? Though if, though there is one thing though, that if a threat is serious enough and you can prove that the person is coming from another state, then it becomes a federal matter instead of a local police matter. And so then you could get the FBI involved for interstate threats. Some, there's something clause that you could report them to the FBI on it. But again, I suspect it doesn't happen often. I, I don't think it does happen often, which is which is a shame and and really kind of makes me upset about Twitter and Facebook and other social outlets where you really can't block people as easily as you think. And it, I mean, the whole point of blocking and the whole point of deleting someone's uh, comment or thumb downing someone's comment is mm -hmm. to give that company a legal clearance. Right. Yeah. Because as long as they say, well, uh, Clark reported this person, Clark did everything she was supposed to do from Twitter's end and we did everything on, on our Twitter end. If something does happen to her by this person, Twitter has a legal out. Right. They yeah, can't say, well, not, he's just some crazy person. Preventative. Right. Because no one is going to take it seriously unless something does happen to her, which it probably won't, because a lot of these people, they talk a really big game. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I like with someone like if this were me and I had received that comment, I would have just shared it. I would have done exactly what she did. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'll tell people I'll be like, hey, thanks for watching and commenting. And then I'll link them to something else that they can watch. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get really mad. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's just I, I get frustrated about it more and more every day. And people seem to be more ranty. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't I don't hopefully I don't think that I went on too much of a rant today with this as much as I'm expressing my concern and frustration and my inability to do it. At least I'm not going out there and saying, Hey, you people knock it off. This is not appropriate. I mean, I wish we could, people could get along, but I don't know. I, maybe if there was just a different approach in what, in the way people presented their messages, then maybe there would be a lot less trolling. Cause sometimes when you post a comment, you're just opening yourself up for people to fire back at you with the, the trolliest or the silliest of comments and and sometimes you haven't even considered it and then you get 15 of them and you're really annoyed that happens mm -hmm. to me a lot yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know i don't know what the answer is and unfortunately i don't think we're gonna get it solved here Crack in the next it. couple of minutes so <laughs> oh, i'm sorry uh, i actually thank you so much for being on the show today this has been fantastic Thanks for having me and letting me get real worked up about stuff. I'm, I'm glad you are. This was a great conversation. <laughs> I always, I, you know, you and I, and I've said this before, you and I have never met face-to-face -face, uh, in person yet, uh, but I love talking with you because it's so it's so fun just talking and sharing and exchanging ideas, and I think that is a better way to get along in the world than just saying, Ashley, I think you're a big old ugly bee. Yeah, and we've not... disagreed on stuff too. And look, yeah, yeah. it—we're still friends. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god! Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nate uh, closes us out here. Says it's so much easier to destroy than to create. You're absolutely correct. Amen. Uh, Ashley, where can people find you on the internets? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ashley V. Robinson. Uh, please don't send me death threats. Please send me <laughs> pictures of cats. Uh, you can find me on Instagram with the same name. You can find Girl on Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Girl on Throne starting on Sunday night. Sunday night, Some yes. Time. Uh, and the Geek History Lesson podcast over on Majorspoilers.com, where you can also find a bunch of things that I write. And I uh, Stephen lets me do the Major Spoilers podcast sometimes, too. I do. Anytime, all the time. Anytime you're welcome. And listeners, thank you so much. Follow me on Major Spoilers, at Major Spoilers. Check us out, Majorspoilers.com and uh, all the places online. And let's be kind to one another. Let's see if we can just be kind to one another for an entire 24 hours. Is that even possible? Let's see, because if we can do 24 hours, we can do 25 hours, and 25 hours can be turned into a year. So let's try that, everybody. Uh, as we get out of here, here are some wonderful people, our wonderful VIPs who made this show possible. And until next time, everyone, take care, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>